Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This kid's electric. Oh, gas, no freight. Cut Darius, Tony. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What bad ankle. He is limping back to the huddle. Don't underestimate how tough Patrick Mahomes is. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. Right here, baby. What does the moment mean to you, Andy? It means a lot. I could kiss you right now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Today's guests, two-time Super Bowl champion and Greenlight podcast host, Chris Long, Fox Sports NFL rules analyst, Mike Pereira, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show, back here in Los Angeles, California, after a dynamite week in the Super Bowl state of Arizona, back here on the Roku channel in our Los Angeles studios, back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM Odyssey, and more. What a dynamite week we had with you. So much fun. Uh, for what turned out to be an incredible Super Bowl, one that's uh, got a lot of people talking, to say the least, and we will do that over the next three hours. We'd love to do it with you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Got in uh, after midnight last night, after watching the game inside State Farm, um, and uh, and I have my two cents to lay out for you. Overreaction Monday, a Super Bowl edition of it. Chris Long, two-time Super Bowl champ, will be joining us to give us his two cents, and with uh, the way the game ended last night, one of the first people I called or texted after the game, Mike Pereira, you must I, <laughs> you must be summoned onto the Rich Eisen Show, and he is answering the call, and he's going to be first up on this show. 844-204-RICH, no to dial. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. How are you, sir? Hey, Rich, what's happening, man? DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. Good, Good to have morning, you back. Rich. Uh, TJ Jefferson, light the candle, light the candle. How are you, bud? I'm, I'm great, and I want to say shout-out to Rihanna for letting the football game take place during her concert. That was mighty swell over. <laughs> Thanks, Riri. What'll be one of the many things we talk about over the next three hours of this program. Again, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here uh, on the program. One of my favorite Super Bowls I've ever covered. It was number 20, number 20 for me with NFL Network and Eagles and Chiefs, both one seeds, both 16 and three coming into the game. Top two quarterbacks in the league this year, hands down. Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. Jalen Hurts was the MVP runner up. Um, They both, by the way, had the same amount of points scored. Coming that. into this game on the entire season, 564 points scored each. And sure enough, with a couple minutes to go, they each had 35. <laughs> Somebody had to break the tie. And it just lived up to the hype. It lived up to the hype, this football game. This was the first Super Bowl. How about this? This was the first Super Bowl since Super Bowl 32. This is Super Bowl 57. First Super Bowl since Super Bowl 32 
between the Packers and Broncos in which both teams started with a touchdown on their opening drives. It had been that long since one team starts with a touchdown and the other team responds with a touchdown. We had not seen that in forever and a day. We saw it last night. And then we watched two teams just duke it out, battle it out, and two quarterbacks playing at the absolute zenith of their games. How electric is Jalen Hurts? How incredible is Jalen Hurts? The question all week long was how would he live up to the standard that he keeps setting for himself, and how will he handle the pressure of playing in the Super Bowl? Well, how does becoming the first quarterback in NFL history to rush for two or more touchdowns and throw another in a Super Bowl? And he did it before halftime. First half of football of a Super Bowl play for Jalen Hurts. That worked out. Took a 10-point lead into halftime, thanks to him. And you could even say he accounted for another touchdown when he fumbled one and Nick Bolton picked it up and ran it in for a score. That, by the way, was only the eighth time. The Chiefs became the eighth time to score a fumble recovery touchdown at a Super Bowl and only the fifth to do it in the last 40 seasons. So this Super Bowl was featuring a lot a lot in just the first half of the game. And the Eagles took a 10-point lead into halftime. And then became only the second team in Super Bowl history to hold a halftime lead of 10 points or more and lose. The other team, the Atlanta Falcons in that dreaded 28-2-3 loss that they led uh, they, that 28-3 comeback win, let's put it that way, for the New England Patriots. And part of that is because of Patrick Mahomes and this team coming out of halftime and taking full advantage of everything that they had, which is Mahomes' heart and guts and will because he seemed to significantly hurt his ankle before halftime. He said after the game he didn't take a shot at halftime. But Patrick Mahomes' heart and guts and will and Andy Reid's coaching, man, and Steve Spagnolo's coaching, whatever adjustments they were making, whatever whatever plays they could dial up, must have touchdowns. Kadarius Toney's wide open. Must have touchdowns. Sky Moore's wide open. I mean, wide ass open. Wide open. This is what you want. This is when in, in NBA, your coach... Burns a timeout, timeout. You got to have a play call coming out of that timeout that results in a bucket. Must have touchdowns. The Kansas City Chiefs had two guys wide open. And then Kadarius Toney with damn near a punt return for a touchdown as well. And those are all things you got to keep in mind when we finally land on the subject matter that... Super Bowl 57 has left the entire fan base, everybody who watched the game, whether they're diehard fans or not. It's time to land on the question of what was that defensive holding call all about? Because 
the defensive holding call on James Bradbury holding Juju Smith-Schuster. That's what everybody's talking about coming out of Super Bowl 57. Not everything that I just said to start this show. So much to talk about this Super Bowl and praise and also cherish for so many people went directly down the tubes when the flag comes flying in to give the chiefs a new set of downs and thus run be able to run out the clock run out harrison butker for a gimme bunny field goal and only leave the eagles with mere seconds to go because that's what this flag did Without the flag, then Harrison Butker's got to come out with a minute and a half plus to go, giving the Eagles the opportunity to tie the game or win it with one timeout still in their back pocket. Nick Sirianni had to burn his last timeout after that fresh set of downs was awarded to the Chiefs with this defensive holding call, and here's my take on that. James Bradbury held him. He held him. And the replay that has been tweeted out all over the place with Greg Olson saying, I don't agree with the call. Shouldn't throw a flag in this situation. Didn't show what we all saw in the stadium right off the bat, which is the first move that Juju Smith-Schuster makes on James Bradbury. Bradbury grabs him in in, in the jersey and tugs it. A, a good old, like you could see the jersey come off of Juju Smith-Schuster's back, and he's got, a, he's got a fistful of jersey. After that, I don't think he touched him. I mean, his hand may have been resting on his back. His left hand may have been resting on Juju Smith-Schuster's back. And then the flag comes in pretty damn late. After, I mean, after Mahomes pointed? The, well... I don't know <laughs> if we could see if the flag came in. It, after felt, it felt like it was one of those. Like, because, hey. well, you can't tell in real time. Right. You can only tell when you're sitting at home with the rest of the world watching it. Or if you're, you know, in the stadium, which I was fortunate to be in the stadium. We saw it on the screen. They showed it. You saw the tug to the point where a couple of Eagle fans around me were satisfied on the spot. Okay. Hmm. And then we're all starting to look at our phones and people are, freaking out like yeah. in the twitter feed you know zach uh my my friend and publicist of the stars who was sitting next to me says my friends are saying that you know fox thinks it was a bad call yeah because the tv replay didn't really show i guess with the stadium the stadium saw. the first thing but again that tug of the jersey happened almost right away again it was the first move and then the ball goes so flying over their yeah. their heads. And then the, the flag comes in as Bradbury and, and Smith-Schuster appear to be entering the end zone into which the ball went way further over their heads. Over the head. And it looked like whatever the flag was for couldn't have impeded Smith-Schuster so significantly that he would have been able to catch a ball that went so damn far over their heads and the flag came in late and that's what adds to the anger and I understand why people are upset about it because this is where I ultimately land on it. Yeah, he did tug him. But we could also spend every single moment 
of the previous 58 minutes of action in Super Bowl 57 and parse out any moment on the line of scrimmage, parse out any moment between defender and receiver. We could parse it out, all of them, and say, yeah, that's technically a penalty. We're just doing this one for this one because A, it was called, and B, it was called in such a crucial situation, which is why I'm like, I could have easily lived without this flag. Absolutely, 100%, easily lived without this flag. Even if we had seen like the replay, they didn't call it, and he's tugging the jersey. Well, it was so far beyond. I mean, so far in front of the rest of the play. You know, like the, the tug happens. Mahomes is still in the pocket, which is why it's defensive holding, and and he's hasn't let go of the ball. Now he's letting go of the ball. Now comes the flag. It just was. One of those moments, like, please eat it, because I don't think this game should have any conversation surrounding it about this. It should be about everything else I just mentioned to start this show. It's truly one of the most remarkable quarterback versus quarterback performances, living up to the hype that we were all hoping to see in a game that's so damn tight between two teams that had the same record, the same seed, the same number of points up until this moment the flag comes in because it robbed Philadelphia of a chance to tie, give us overtime if we want to inject ourselves into this as fans. And, or give the Eagles a chance to maybe win it with Devontae Smith getting behind the defense as much as he did. And how this Eagles offense was as on tilt as the Chiefs were in the second half. So, was it holding? Yeah. Should it have been called? No way. Just swallow your damn flag, man. Stay out of it. Unless, the refs had stayed out of it the whole game. I thought it was a super clean game. The, refs, the refs were great up until that point. Both teams were playing Well, I think so Eagles well. fans would complain that the Devontae Smith catch before the end of the first half that, set the, that forced them to oh, settle I, for a field goal oh, rather than have moved. a chance to go up. Didn't you think the ball, the moved, ball moved as he hit the ground? The ball moved, but uh, I mean. They were the benefit of one uh, on the Dallas Goddard play because that was really the Goddard play. That was close was, too. Was, was I, I? I thought that was without dispute a catch, without dispute, and it was right for. Oh, for, you didn't for think Reed he juggled it. as his left he foot did was juggle, up? He, but he did juggle. But he got he got the ball back as one foot was still on the ground in and the, the process before. Like, yes. Oh, okay. And then and then he la- and then the second foot landed. But those were close. I just mean consistency with what had, had the game had yes. been called. I, I, just I think agree you, with you. You got to eat it on that. I one. wish we did not see that flag. Yeah. Just let the players decide because they were going to. Was Kansas City probably going to win? Yeah, probably. I mean, but like, give the Eagles a chance to come back and answer. I've got you know because we're here on the campus of AT and T still here. Um, you know, after eight years, and I'm watching the the sports mix on Directv. I mean, this hold is on screen literally every two seconds. Yeah. He he grabs him on the initial turn and then hardly touches him the rest of the way. And then the ball's flying over their head and in comes the flag. And you're allowed to make contact within the first one yard of the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, 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 I think he was beyond that one okay. yard. But Bradbury and, and this play, he even said it just to put the final point on it. He said it that he did it. Here's James Bradbury after the game. I mean, I pulled the jersey, you know, they called holding. 
I was hoping they would let it ride, you know, but was hoping I, I was hoping he would let it go. But of course, you know, he's a ref. This is a big game, um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. Period. End story. Guy admits. So anybody who thinks it wasn't right, a hold, exactly. it was. Should it have been called? Is the question. And I'm sure he did it because he felt like he had been getting away with it the whole game. Why would they call it with two minutes to go? I prefer not to see it because I don't think it. I don't think if if he didn't touch him. You know, if he didn't touch him, could he have gotten past him and got to the football? Maybe yeah. so. I, I I don't know. It's a good seven yards overthrown. Maybe because he was impeded. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm, am I talking myself into yeah. reversing my take here? <laughs> Maybe. But I reversed my take on the Chiefs not even winning the division, and they uh, I chose them to win the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. So my mea culpa finally got me right. I finally, I finally wound up in the right place. I, th- I, I think so, the Eagles fans should be less worried about that call more than the fact that they gave up 24 second-half points when you had the lead and you were cruising in, in the first half. Like That's what they could look back on. And As you know, T.J. Jefferson, we are a play-better-than-the-refs-ref program. And they Chiefs outplayed him in the second the half. The Chiefs outplayed them in the second Plain half. Kadarius yeah. Tony was the giant cast off of the moment of Super Bowl 57 before James Bradbury got called for holding. Yep. Tony was wide open for the touchdown to give him their first lead of the game. Then the then the Eagles go three and out because the Chiefs defense started balling out. And then Tony returns one all the way inside the five yard line on the ensuing punt. And then Sky Moore's. Wide ass open too to give him an eight point lead. That Same play on the other side of the field that hurts eventually bridged that gap on a two point conversion too. I mean he was electric and deserved a better fate last night. We'll talk about it with Chris Long. We'll talk about it with you at eight four four two zero four Rich being the number to dial. But when we come back, let's just get Mike Purr on here because he's. Uh, He's our guy. He's our go-to guy. He was Fox's go-to guy last night. He said in the booth that he thought it was a hold and the proper call. Let's have him back that play today, the day after Super Bowl 57. We're off and running back here in Los Angeles after a great week in Arizona with the Roku Channel, this terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM Odyssey, and more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences 
each day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Rich Eisen <laughs> Show Radio Network back here on the Roku channel uh, broadcast and stream. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk back in Los Angeles, furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. I'm sitting in the... Uh, Scott, was it Sky Harbor Airport? Is that what they call Sky it? Sky Harbor is sitting in Sky Phoenix. Harbor. Yep. Waiting for my flight back to Los Angeles last night. Wheels up 11 o'clock mountain. Well, well I am tired, but guess what? Uh, the wind beneath my wings was knowing that I have a friend like Mike Pereira who I can text and say, Mike, I need you on my program tomorrow. And he says, yes. Joining me right now. Here, the day after Super Bowl 57 that he helped call. He was in the booth for Fox for this game. Former head of NFL refs and lead rules analyst for Fox, our buddy Mike Pereira. Mike, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Rich. Uh, it's been a great week in Phoenix, and um, and I must admit I'm ready to go home, but um, it's been a heck of a week. Let's get right into it, Mike, because this was the main conversation coming out of the game on Sunday night, the holding penalty that was thrown on James Bradbury at the final drive of the game. Your two thoughts on it, please. Well, my my main thought is I just hate that that's part of the conversation. Of course. It's just like officiating this year can't get out of their own way. Um, and so even if something is a legitimate call, which I think it is at the end of the game, it's still the main part of the conversation. Um, you know, when it happened, I saw the flag come. I, who, I knew which official threw the flag. I knew which player he was responsible for. So I ran back the line feed, which is the live shot that people see on television. And it was a similar pattern that the Chiefs had run for two touchdowns. And, um, I saw the grab by the back of the jersey, and, you know, it's a, in what they are taught, it is a clear hold. And um, so I said immediately to the uh, producer, to Richie Science, it's a uh, defensive hold, and then I said it to Kevin Burkhart also. Um, But then, of course, you know, emotions kind of get involved, and, you know, and, and my great friend who I, absolutely adore Greg Olson went down the path of it being a ticky tack and call and not one that you want to call at that time, which is kind of foreign language to me in the first place. And so, Hmm. um, I think that, you know, we kind of compounded a bit the controversy and, and I applaud the player, you know, who said I held him. Um, I held him. I grabbed the Jersey. I tugged it. I was hoping they wouldn't see it. Um, but it is just one of those where, I clearly, I clearly cannot say that it was an incorrect call because there was a grab and uh, and there was a restrict. Now, in my mind, I'd love to say, well, what what would have happened if he wouldn't have called it? Would have been there? Would there have been less controversy if he wouldn't have called it? Yeah, I think that probably would have been the case. But on the other hand, 
it is a hold. And, um, and, you know, and the kid, the young kid stepped up and made the call. And and I, I think we, we now need to tread into the territory of what Greg Olson was treading into, which I know you're, you're, you don't. And, and I, that's why I want to give you the floor here, Mike. I know how you feel about, well, it doesn't matter if foul's a foul. It doesn't matter if it's in the first quarter of week one or the last two minutes of Super Bowl 57. You see it, you call it. Except for the fact that we as fans see so many things that are not called, and and they are fouls, but they're not called, and we are assuming it's because the refs do want to stay out of the way. And that's the issue here. It's like, yes, did he restrict him? Sure. Did he tug his jersey? Yeah. Um, but should that be called the Super Bowl Fifty Seven? Well, I mean, I, mean, can, you know. I can make a case early in the. I, I can make a case early in the game. I thought there was one that should have been called that wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so we always talk about the consistency. And sometimes, you know, um, sometimes you, as officials, sometimes you get angles and can see things, and sometimes you're blocked out. You know, um, if you're a deep official, you have one key, you have one player that you watch, and if a grab happens, it can happen in between, you know, the players in between you and the grab, and you don't see it. I mean, there sure. are times where you kind of go, my God, how could they not see that? And and then when you break it down mechanically um, in review afterwards, you can see how that possibly happens. But on the other hand, I get it. I get it. We, we, we want to be consistent, but there are things that are missed all day, you know, not all day long, but, you know, every game there are things that are missed. But um, the notion of makeup calls, the notion of calling the game different in the last minute, it just doesn't fly. It doesn't fly. I mean, because, you know, are we just, are we going to officiate this game because, you know, we want the fans to see maybe the Eagles getting the ball back. Who knows if they would have won, if they'd have gotten the ball back with a minute and a half to go. You, you, you can't officiate the game that way. And if you do, and I would say this, if there was any single official that when I was running the uh, officiating program that felt that way and officiated that way, in other words, that I'm not calling anything in the last minute of the game of Super Bowl 57 or whatever, I'd fire his butt um, right after the game. So, you know, it's hard enough to officiate this game, but to try to, you know, isolate situations to where, well, I'm going to officiate this differently, you know, than I would have maybe done it earlier. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't fly with me. And and really, I kind of admire an official who sees the foul who sees the foul and clearly thinks it's a foul. I admire the fact that when he steps up and actually throws it and then, you know, doesn't even realize it at the time because everything's flashing through your head. And the last thing that you're doing is thinking about, you know, down and distance and what is this and what is it if I call that you see it, you throw. And I admire the guy that steps up and does that. But again, like I say, otherwise than that, I thought the game was officiated fairly well. There wasn't a lot of fouls. Um, there was one replay decision that I disagreed with, um, but overall I thought it was good. But then, you know, it's just the way that this year seemingly has gone, and including in the playoffs, it's just even if you do something that at least I consider right, um, you still un- you still end up being the story. Well, uh, Mike Prairie here on the Rich Eisen Show, and we'll get to that that uh, that that replay that you thought um, should not have been overturned, and I, I I can guess which one it is at this moment. But uh, just putting a button on the hold call, 
Um, part of the reason why I think there is an issue that folks have is when the flag came in, too. Like, it, it, the re- initial restriction that I don't think the Fox uh, replay that we're, you know, got tweeted out all over the place showed um, happened almost immediately. And then the flag comes arching in or arcing in as, as, they're, as they're entering the, the end zone uh, into which the ball flew way over everybody's heads. So even you, you see that and maybe the restriction couldn't have even prevented, uh, you know, um, anything because the ball wasn't going to land in Juju Smith-Schuster's hands anyway. So what do you say about that, about when, when, when the flag came in, Mike? Well, you know, I mean, it, it's another one, late flags. I mean, someday I'm going to write a story about what I think are the myths and, and late flags, you know, happen because of a process. Um, when you actually see, and this is a process mm-hmm. of how it, uh, how it plays out in this situation, when you see a potential grab, what you have to do is you have to look back to the quarterback and find the quarterback and make sure that when that grab occurred, that the he still had the ball, that it wasn't in the air because defensive holding is a foul that occurs before the pass is thrown. So it's a process that takes a little bit of time. And, um, you know, we have always told officials, you know, go slow. That's the mantra. Go slow. Don't rush. And and make sure in your mind you know what you have. And so I'm, I'm not one of those that buys into the notion of, you know, the, the late flag. So he changes his mind, you know, after the play is basically done. And, um, you, you know, and, and so I, I don't, I don't buy into that notion. I buy into the notion of, is it a foul or is it not a foul? And, and you are right. I mean, the, the ball landed, you know, well away from where Schuster Smith ended up. But then on the other hand, um, you know, you look and say, without being grabbed at the line of scrimmage, would the pass have gone to a different place? Would it maybe throwing it to him in a different place? Um, you know, but I could also make a case without the grab, maybe he would have been fairly close to where the ball landed. But again, it doesn't make any difference if the action occurs before the ball is thrown. And that's the that's the key when it comes to defensive holding. A few minutes left with Mike Pereira, lead Fox NFL rules analyst here, fresh off of Super Bowl 57 that he was uh, in the booth for on Sunday night. So get to the replay that you said uh, you did not agree with uh, in terms of the overturn, what do you got for me there, Mike? Yeah, the Devontae um, Smith play, the the catch that uh, he gets two feet down, gets control, gets two feet down, goes to the ground, ball hits the ground. But the question was, you know, did the ball, did he lose possession? Not did the ball move, did he lose possession? And, you know, Rich, I'm, and, and you know this, I've said it before, I, I feel like replay has gotten too technical. And, if you have to look at something for as long as they looked at that, I mean, let's let's forget about just the time frame of when they actually stopped it to review it. I mean, they were looking at it right off the bat, right when the play ended, as was I. And, you know, and I looked at it and said, close play, close play. Did the ball, did the ball, did he lose? No, it moved. Did he lose possession? Mm, maybe. But we spent four minutes and then concluded that we're going to reverse the call. Um, you know, I, I think that in some respects we're just losing what the original plan for replay was, was to correct 
at the initial, when we first put it in, it was called indisputable visual evidence. Then it changed recently to clear and obvious. Well, it's not clear and obvious if all of us in the booth thought that it was going to stay as a catch. And when you have to go four minutes to review it and then change it, then I think replay is going beyond what it should be. And I've had this conversation with the competition committee and Rich McKay, how at times we just get so stinky technical when it comes to to replay. Um, You cannot go into it with a neutral mind. You have to go into it saying the ruling on the field was this, and you have to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt, which is what the college rule book says, that the call was incomplete. And I just don't think that was the case. The others were good. I mean, the other, the sideline catch that, you know, the toe was still down when he got possession, that was good. The the ruling of catch fumble and and, uh, picked up and the Chiefs return it for a touchdown, that was incomplete. He didn't get an additional step down. Those were all good, but I think they got really technical in that one play with Devontae Smith. Yeah, and, and the one, again, that started um, the second half for the Eagles where it was a you know initially ruled catch, fumble, touchdown. That was, uh, I thought that was perfectly officiated, Mike, because I, I'm glad they didn't blow the whistle. I want everything played out. Exactly. You know, and I know that exactly. when you play it out, you do run the risk of somebody getting hurt uh, in a play that's going to eventually be overturned, but let it play out. You do have the backstop of replay. Go for it. They did it. They got it right. I agree with you. The Devontae Smith one, I think we're seeing a lot of if a ball rolls over, okay, when somebody's got a clear catch, by, by, by that I mean a, a clear clutch of the football and two feet down and they're going down to the ground and now must survive the ground, we're now seeing just if the ground causes the ball to just shift in somebody's hand at all, and then it's possible that the point of the ball or any part of the the uh, the oval of the ball rubs along the ground as it's shifting in their hands. That's now an incomplete pass. And I'm wondering, how do you fix that? That's that's the issue. Well, you, the, you, the, yeah, the thing is, I don't think you need to fix it. I mean, look at, I mean, the the thing is, in replay, only correct the obvious mistake. And, and you know, though I think that the, the catch thing to me has gotten much clearer when you're talking about a receiver on his feet. So like you talked about at the beginning of the second half, that was a receiver on his feet. He got control, he got two feet down, but then he didn't get the additional step, didn't have that element of time. So that's clear. That was easy. That was even easy for me, which is unbelievable. <laughs> um, but on the one going to the ground, then the issue opens up about the ball moving versus the receiver losing possession. And, um, you, you know, and so to me, you can't nitpick it. I mean, if they had ruled that pass, if they had ruled that pass incomplete, you know, you stay with incomplete. I mean, there wouldn't have been enough to reverse it to a catch, in my opinion. And, and I say the same way. So, again, we get this notion of replay trying to, A, correct everything, which got everybody in trouble in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game when we had basically a do-over. And then you get this to where, to me, seven people, which is basically what they had inside the replay booth, which was located, all the New York uh, crew, they brought all their equipment from New York to uh, Glendale, and they were set up in the back of the replay booth. So you had seven people in the replay booth all looking at it, and probably some in disagreement, which is why it took four minutes. 
So if there's any disagreement at all, just stay with what is called on the field. I think that's the the safest and most logical and the intended way that uh, replay is to be used. But I mean, if, uh, it does need fixing, Mike. If 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 just a shifting in the hand, but doesn't really lose possession, yeah. is now considered an incomplete pass. That means somebody's got to get in a room in the competition committee and make some sort of codification in the same way that fixed. Uh, the, the catch rule for, as we mentioned, the Miles Sanders uh, incompletion that was eventually ruled. That you, you need to do that. You need to say if it, I don't know that it shifted somehow. Shifting of the football does not mean it's incomplete. If if it didn't well, but, leave but their hands, already, you know. Yeah, in the book already it says it says movement. Movement does mm. not necessarily mean the ball is the pass is incomplete. It says that. It says that it should has to be loss of control, loss of possession. So that means hands clearly coming off the ball, clearly coming off the ball. So mm. it's actually codified to a degree that I think can be used to address the play like, you know, we had uh, yesterday. So, you know, I just think, again, God dang it, sometimes we just have to use common sense and, and not, you know, not try to nitpick things when it comes to replay, which I just think we've had a tendency to do. You know, I think, I actually think that we've gotten to the point now where I don't know when the next opening is for the head of officiating, but Mm. forget your rule change proposals. Um, I think it's time for you to go into the administration in New York and take over maybe the position of uh, head of officiating. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. might make a lot of progress then. You know what? I, I You just got to get me in the competition committee room, but you knew that already. Look, I, ah, I know. there you go. Yeah, you got to do that. That's just, your first step. You know that already. That's your first step. All right. And, and yeah. I know I know you got to get on your plane, but just real quick, Mike, uh, before I let you go, uh, the commissioner of the NFL said the game has never, uh, officiating is quote unquote, uh, n- it's uh, never been better in the league. Um, and a lot of people were like, get out of here with that. W- what did you think when you heard he said uh, that the officiating's never been better? In the NFL, well, I, I, I wouldn't say we'll get out of here about that, but I. Would that's say, what a lot of people I said. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just I know, saying. but I would just, I would say it more politely. Um, <laughs> I would say I don't agree. Um, you, you know, but then again, I'm thinking if I'm the commissioner and I'm in a press conference and somebody asks me this question, I guess I'm not going to say, "Well, it sucks." I mean, I'm probably not going to say that. But I just think that this was this was the playoff, the year of the playoffs, where things got so messy i mean when i look at overall numbers like i say okay there's good things there i mean the fact that the number of pass i mean the number of roughing the passer penalties went down from 153 to 93 defensive pass interference went down offensive pass interference was down there were some good things but i think this replay and i'm just i mean i hate to be go hard on replay but replay with these expedited reviews and video assist which generally works favorably and i think we would say we all like it because it's moved toward the the site the sky judge position which i know you and i like yes i still think you can overuse it and i think it got overused and there goes the alarm in the airport look out so that must mean we're done well the security's never been better there so then they turned it off okay very good uh all right mike thanks very much greatly appreciate it you be well travel safe let's connect uh when when we get into the whole uh rules portion of the of the competition committee season that's about a few weeks from now right that's next up which that's it yeah okay mike you take care you be well all right travel safe great job as always
Thank you. That's Mike Pereira, NFL rules expert of Fox Sports, former NFL VP of officiating here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, that's Mike Pereira giving you um, his opinion. And I think uh, the, the one thing that I think he enlightened us and hopefully you, wherever you're taking in the Rich Eisen Show, is why the flag came in seemingly late. That the that there's a mechanic or, or a mechanism. There are some mechanics right. that uh, an official needs to go through. See it, look in the pocket, make a decision, reach for the flag, throw it. At that point in time, that's when they're in the end zone. So, interesting opinion right there from Mike Pereira. When we come back, uh, phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial, and... And a statistic no one's talking about very much that I think tells the full story about Super Bowl 57. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show back in L.A. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Terzo and Iowa, all rise. Let's get to it. All right. How are you, Terzo? First in, first up. Always love that you like to talk with us on a Monday. What's going on, sir? Hey, hey, hey Rich, man. I missed you guys last week. I didn't have an opportunity to talk to you. Uh, you guys killed it whenever you went into uh, Arizona, man. Like, watching and listening to what you guys were doing was so much fun. Thank you. Uh, we, had, we loved it. If, if, if. If, if 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 I could steal that rug from you or you can send it to Carl's, like we would hang it on the wall down here. Like that rug. We did keep the so rug, cool. didn't we? Didn't we yeah. keep the rug? I think we did. I believe so. Okay. All right, Terzo. No, no, no. We, we, will, we will hang it on the wall. If you send it out to us, dude, we will hang it on the wall and it will be the Rich Eisen, like, like kind of the, the shrine. Like okay. we, we all love Jeez. you out here, and you know that. Wow. Okay. Uh, I've never had a, a man ask me for my carpet before, but uh, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're good. Well, it, it, rich, 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 the unfortunate part, man, and I'm not trying to be mean, is you, you don't have a whole lot of carpet. I had to do it. It was low-hanging fruit, Terzo. It was low-hanging fruit. Hey, Brockman, man, last last week, though, whenever you actually pled – when when you pled the fifth, that was hilarious. It was a good call back to one of your one of your better promos that you guys have done. When you pled the fifth, that was hilarious. Love it. I love it, man. Thanks for the call, Terzo. Dude. Let's let's think. Oh, get yeah, another thing. Go one for more it. Thing, Rich. Yes, sir. One more thing. One more thing. Yeah. Um, 
I just I don't I don't want to take away from the game last night with that call. I thought it was a great game. It just it, it was just in that moment that I wanted to see Jalen Hurts get the ball back. I wanted to see what yeah, he could do. Of course. And 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 all of us I think all of us wanted that. It's just unfortunate that we didn't get that. We didn't want the game. Here's the the deal. I think, and and thanks for the call, man. And we'll we'll talk about the the carpet. Just to put one last fine point on this thing. This Super Bowl, as I started the show by saying, 100% lived up to the hype. We saw two incredible quarterbacks at the top of their games play at the top of their games in the tippy-top game. We didn't want to see it end. No. We didn't want to see it end. We, we would have absolutely I wanted overtime. fired up overtime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A million percent. My bold prediction on game day morning in eight and a half hours prior to the game on NFL Network was double overtime. <laughs> First ever double overtime that NFL game. That would have been game. sick. Because as you know, there's new overtime rules. Right where both teams have to touch the football if the other one scores a touchdown. You can't just end it. Right. If the first team scores a touchdown, the other team still gets it. And as we talked about at the top of this program, first Super Bowl since Super Bowl 32, in which both teams started the game with a touchdown in their offensive possessions. We don't want to see it end. And then when we saw it end, we saw it end because an extra set of downs came via penalty and we were robbed of an opportunity, as the Eagles fans feel, they were robbed of an opportunity to tie the game. Or win it, but tie the game. That's why we're upset. Now, here's a statistic no one's talking about that tells the full story of Super Bowl 57, in my estimation. The Philadelphia Eagles, as I mentioned multiple times last week, I will say one more time, eviscerated the line of scrimmage in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, who, as we now know, featured the defensive player of the year in Nick Bosa. And the Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage in the NFC Championship game. Both sides of the ball. There's a reason why Brock Purdy got knocked out of the game. Because Hassan Reddick knocked him out of the game. And also jumped on a football that Josh Johnson fumbled on a snap. And Hassan Reddick is a guy who Emmanuel Sanders, and I think rightfully so, referred to as Von Miller-like. He said that in our pregame show. Because he has been playing like that. Last night, Hassan Reddick in Super Bowl 57 had one tackle, no sacks. That's it. The Philadelphia Eagles came into this game, including the playoffs, 78 sacks on the season. The only teams to have more in a playing season, regular and post combined, were the 84 and 85 Bears. Those guys. Some of the best defenses in the history of the sport. The 84 Bears, the 85 Bears, and then the 2002 Philadelphia Eagles last night against Patrick Mahomes, who, as we all saw prior to halftime, hurt himself again, a sitting duck compared to Jalen Hurts. They sacked him a grand total of zero times. That's it. That's it. That tells the story. 
because that's been the Eagles' bread and butter. And you want to just toss one more in, too. The other Eagles' bread and butter dominating line of scrimmages, they had a better run game. Last night, the Eagles had a grand total of 115 yards rushing. Jalen Hurts led them. 15 carries, 70 yards. The Kansas City Chiefs, who, as we all know, love to throw it around, pass happy. 158 yards rushing on 26 attempts. For an average of 6.1 yards a rush, the Eagles averaged 3.6 yards a rush. The Chiefs won the battle of the line of scrimmage last night. They had to do it. They had to have it. Now, they didn't have any big wow moments with sacking Jalen Hurts themselves. They wound up sacking him zero times. But actually, two times they sacked him last night. My bad. Bottom line is they had more sacks. They had better running yards. And Hassan Reddick got shut out. But I think, but Rich, those were sacks where Hurts was scrambling and ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. While technically, technically sack, sacks, yeah, not actually bringing him down in the backfield, yeah. So that's yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, Chiefs offensive line played tremendous last they night. They were awesome. They were awesome. They're supposed to the Eagles whip you yeah. on both sides of the line of scrimmage. They are supposed to sack you, and they are supposed to blow you away with their run game. Yeah. And they did neither last night against the Chiefs. Run game that, as you know, is way too inconsistent. That kid Pacheco, who I picked up in fantasy, he could be a bell cow if they choose to make him one. Last night, 15 carries, 76 yards, 5.1 yards a carry. That's half of a a first down. Each touch. And then, of course, Mahomes had the longest run of the night, that 26-yarder in the drive that they eventually won the game on. I mean, they had the better night on the line of scrimmage, and that's something I think nobody saw coming. Nobody. And you have to give it up to Brett Veach because that line was the first thing he fixed the last time they played a Super Bowl and lost it. And they're like, we got to hit that. And that came through last night like a charm. And they had the big special teams play, like Sean Payton told us on Friday. That's why you take in the Rich Eisen show, quite frankly. (laughs) One of the many reasons. Chris Long coming up and overreaction Monday and more of your calls. 